Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. You can it be seated today. This message brings hope. All right. How many's hungry for the word today? As you go about your week. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Praise the Lord. Hey, I'll tell you what. Um, I just had a special council meeting this morning. I had to call these guys that's on the church council. You know, they're used to sleeping in until 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, so I made them get here early today. I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, uh, we decided to go forward on something that's a secret until next week. So, oh, that's mean, isn't it? Oh, is that mean or what? So you're going to have to come next week to see what's going on around here. Oh, we'll have the biggest attendance forever, won't we? Um, no, something really cool has, is happening and something really cool is going on. Um, let's just say... God is in the house, and how many knows that he leads this people, and he leads this church, and we're just along for the ride, and we're, we're not just along for the ride, we're along to help. Somebody say, I want to help any way that I can. You know, I don't know about you, but um, that song that we sang before Josh came up, I think that's the most powerful song I've ever listened to. Did you all catch the words of that song and the meaning, so am I? If they can do it, so can I. Uh, man, I, if you missed that one today, whoa, whoa, you, uh, you missed something really neat that God wanted to do uh, for you today. That was a powerful, powerful, powerful song. Braden, thank you for hearing the Lord and not just singing a song, but bringing what God says to sing. How many know that you are made for a mission? You're made for a mission. You're made on purpose. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are God's handiwork. Everybody say handiwork. His creation, something he made, something he, he built. We are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus. Everybody say to do. Say it again. To do. To do good works which God prepared in advance. I want you to see that. The works that God has called us to do, he prepared them way in advance for us. And everybody say it again, to do, to do. One of the primary reasons that we exist at Church on the Rock is for everyone to discover their God-given purpose for your life and to fulfill it by being involved in ministry activities here at Church on the Rock. Anybody that, that attends Church on the Rock for any length of time without hearing about the real need to serve or be in ministry, then you've missed a heartbeat of what Church on the Rock is all, all about. We exist. One of the reasons we exist is to raise up ministers. Everybody say ministers. Amen. You know, everybody always thinks that I'm the minister. They always say, you're the pastor. The Bible says in Ephesians that he gave apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, and evangelists. He gave uh, the gifts. Jesus gave those gifts to the church. And the reason that they were given is that they, so that they could prepare and equip the saints. Everybody say, that's, that's you all, the, the saints, for the work of the what? Ministry. Everybody say ministry. So who's the minister? Am I the minister? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're called of God to be a minister. Amen. You are a minister. Amen. We're the equippers. You, you know, if you look to me to be where, if you look to the pulpit, hey, hey, think about this. If you look to Jesus, Jesus said these things and greater things you shall be, do in my name. 
It's not like you're going to do anything greater than Jesus did. But here's the difference where there was one Jesus at one place at one time. He's multiplied himself through his body called the church so that thousands and millions of people can be his body. How many know that Jesus is alive and living? He's moving. He's he's an organism through the church. Amen. So we are that ministry. We are the ministers. So if someone attends Church on the Rock and just sits and soaks in the messages without serving, we believe that your faith will become stagnant and your spiritual life will suffer. The Bible tells us that we are to do something with our faith. Look at James chapter 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, I'm reading an NIV, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied with some what? Some action. Come on, let's roll up the sleeves. Amen. Faith is accompanied by some action. You can't just sit and soak. It's accompanied by some action, then it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You know, I believe that God, that he's consistent in his plan for each of us. Each of our lives, he wouldn't have given us inborn talents and personalities and temperaments and spiritual gifts and different experiences that that we've went through. He wouldn't have done all that if there wasn't something that he wanted to use you for. I even say with some of the experiences of pain and heartache and suffering, amen, I look at my pain and my heartache and my suffering, the little bit that I've had, and I say God isn't going to waste that affliction. Anybody out there say amen. I'm not going to let God waste something I suffered or some hurt that I had. I'm going to turn my hurt or my affliction, I'm going to use it for the glory of God. Amen? How many of you did the devil send drugs to destroy you, but Jesus set you free, so now you use your testimony to help others? How many of you have lost a marriage to, to some different rhyme or reason or something, or, or something has happened with your kids? When we come through something, we have something called a testimony, and something we've went through to where God uses that. Somebody say amen. I want you to imagine being dressed with a uniform, given a glove, given cleats, a beautiful swing. You could hit from both sides of the plate. Uh, you had incredible speed and natural ability. You just had a sense for the game like some of our Chicago, Chicago Cubs. Amen? Amen. Sorry, Sox fans. Amen. Chicago, uh, anyway. Then you spend your life. Just think about it. Then you spend your life sitting in the stands. How many Javier Baez's are sitting in the stands? I would say lots. I would say lots. How, how many Chris Bryants are sitting and doing another job or doing something else? Seriously, I would say a lot. I would say a lot of people may be better than the ones we're watching, but they never applied or went after or worked for and, and, and had an ambition and a zeal to go for it. So they sat in the stands when God called them to do something great. Well, I ask you, how many of you are inborn with some spiritual talents and some things that God's put in you? And and I want to tell you something. I believe it's okay to use your gifts to excel and do good in life. Some of you that that, that think that the money you have and the business you have and and the job that you have was because of your education or because of something that you did... Uh, be careful of that because God warns us never to look at our own achievements as if we did it. We're to look at it as God did it. Amen? 
anything that we can enjoy or say that, okay, so, so, so your success and, and, and what you're enjoying right now, you're benefiting in the secular or in the physical for something God gave you. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay on using what God gives you to be blessed yourself. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with you having a nice car. I'm okay with you having nice houses. I'm okay with big retirement. I'm okay with second houses. I'm okay with, with, with great vacations. I'm okay with toys. I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. As long as you're giving God his first. As long as you're giving something to him. You're giving something back to him. Buddy, if you're using it all on yourself and you're using it all for your enjoyment, then you're missing it. Because it's okay to have those things, but bless God, there's something he's doing in this earth, and I want to be a part of it. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 11, it says, in him, in him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity. I want you to see that. He works it out in a process. He's got it all figured out in a conformity with his purpose. Come on. With his purpose and his will. In order that we were, fir- we were the first to put our hope in Christ might be to the praise and glory of God. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were, look at this. When you believed, you were marked with a seal. How many believe in Christ today? How many has accepted Jesus Christ? How many has been water baptized? Okay. When you, were, when you were saved, when you believed, when you were water baptized, you were marked with a seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit. That God said, I'm not going to be up there in heaven somewhere way off. I'm going to make my temple and I'm going to make my residence right inside of you, dear lady, right inside of you, dear man. I'm going to dwell with you and you'll be my people. His spirit's in us. It's a deposit of our inheritance until the redemption of those that are God's possession to praise and glory be given to God. I want to look at a couple of words in there. One is chosen. The, re- the Greek word for chosen denotes this, that you've been selected. If you, if you think you aren't anything, listen what the Bible says about you. Here's what the original meaning of chosen is. That you have been selected from billions of people that God has created throughout history. I'm not talking about just the people that's on earth now. You have been chosen with billions and trillions of people, not only now, but throughout history of time. Amen? Uh, To be in relationship with him and to serve him. Because he has appointed you for a divine mission. That's as powerful as that song we sang a while ago. Some of you, the light's turned on, and some of you, it needs to turn on. Amen? But, 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 but the, in other words, you're not a random accident. You're not a haphazard evolutionary process that happened from a big bang. You happen from a big God that has a big plan and a big mission for you. 
The Bible says, and I pulled this out of NET on Acts 17, 26. It says, from one man, he made every nation. This is a powerful scripture. From one man, he made every nation of human race to inhabit the entire earth, determining their set time. In other words, Ken, uh, he looks at you and he said, I determine a set time for you, Ken. Rich, I determine. Marge, I determine a set time for you. Not only in history, I, I said a set time for you in, in history, an exact time. And I fixed the limits of the places where you would live. In other words, he put you at the exact time in history. You believe it? And he put you in the exact place of where you needed to live. You think you're just living in the spot you live in by accident. You think, that, 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 that you think I'm in Sycamore living just by accident. It's not according to God's word. I'm at the exact place at the exact time waiting for my exact assignment, ready to do my exact mission, which God's prepared for me to do. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. So, and here's another scripture. In the Old Testament, Queen Esther was a Jewish in the courts of Xerxes, the king of Persia. Persia it would be like our modern day Iran, okay? Her uncle Mordecai learned a plot about how all these Persian leaders were going to try to purge the land of all the Jewish people or the Jews. Um, they, they tried to do a Holocaust way before Hitler tried to do a Holocaust. So he appealed to Esther. Esther, he, she, he appealed to Esther to use her influence because Esther was a Jew, but she was a queen, to help her people. When, when Mordecai, her uncle, came and said, hey, would you do this? Would you go talk to you? She was like, oh, no. Are you serious? I, she was very afraid, and, and she was troubled in her heart that her uncle said uh, uh, that you should do this, and he was advising her to do this. But look at Esther 4.14. He said this, if you keep quiet at, at a time like this, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. Notice it says it'll arise from some other place. It's still going to arise. But if you say no, it's going to arise from somewhere else. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. All right, let's put that in today's language. You're in the exact place at the exact time. And somebody comes to you in an exact moment. I had one, I have one, I have them three or four, seven, ten, fifteen times a day assignments. So do you. So do you. Don't look at me like that's strange. You do too. You do too. God's saying those things to you. I, I even wonder if we even hear it or even know he's doing it. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, you, do you think I randomly... Do you think I randomly went and played golf in November last year in Florida with some people from Canada that I hardly knew? And if you ask Carmen, I didn't want to go because I was nervous and I was an introvert and I didn't like the idea of hanging out and living with a bunch of guys that I really don't know. I don't even know them. And to be honest with you, you want to talk about humility, golf's humility for me. I mean, and then I pull my clubs out, and they, they're woodheads. 
and, and they're, they're dirty with this, and they pull out these things that you adjust to make your hip go straight, and, all, and I'm like, hi guys, hello, I mean, you feel like that, but, but you, you just, I mean, it, people think that's suffering for the Lord, that sure ain't dying on a cross, what, what are we willing to do for the Lord, but in, anyway, I went, was it by coincidence or accident that I got in a golf cart? With a guy named who the night before I saw a 60, the, the biggest crown royal liquor that you can buy, the biggest one, as they sat and drank it straight on rocks. Oh, pastor, you shouldn't have been around that. Good for you. Jesus was around them people too. That's where I want to be. Praise God. You don't have to do it with them. Be there. All right? Setting with them. Went through that and then went through another one and went. I never in my life seen that. You think that's all? You think it's a coincidence that I got him 18 holes? We talked about Jesus and salvation and life to get a phone call. From a very good friend yesterday that says, you know, his liver and kidneys stopped yesterday and he died at 54 years old. What if, what if I hadn't have been at that place at that time to bring relief and to be a listening ear? And to hear someone's pain and to encourage them. What if I'd have said, I'm insecure and my golf cubs embarrass me. I won't go. Or I don't have the money to go. What if I'd have done that? I believe that is in heaven today. Because God did something like this. But here's what I'm saying. Here's what God's hitting with me. Is God loves people so dogged much that even if I'd have said no, he'd have had somebody riding with me. Because it's God's will that all would be saved. But I don't know about you, but here's where I'm at with things. I don't want to be passed up, Chad. I don't want God to, I don't want God to come asking me, and I have out of service or out of town, or I've got to work or I've got a, I don't have the money, or I don't have the, really, we got all, we, we, all, we have all those things. I think we make bad choices what we do with all those things. I think, I think American, the American people are making horrible choices in church attendance. I think they're making horrible decisions in where they're putting their money. I think they're making horrible decisions and they're putting priorities in this activity and that activity and doing this or that. And it just seems like God just keeps getting bumped. And I'll tell you what, there's a call going out to churches that'll say who will stand and declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth through church on the rock as it is in heaven. How many is really doing that? I know the other day, or not the other day, but several months back, I, I felt just a little bit of it 
the, the flow wasn't just right. And I went to God, and I was like, God, what's going on? I, I thought we were bros. <laughs> I thought we were friends. Uh, something don't feel right. And he said, Brian, would you quit would you quit doing what you want to do and ask me, bless your plans, and ask me what I want to do? And I started asking God. This has been months ago, maybe a year. I started asking God, what do you want to do? I, I do it. I asked him this morning. I planned all week, but I said, what do you want to do today, Lord? What do you want to do? What do you want to do with this church? And you know, one of the things I'm te- we're going to tell you guys next week that's exciting is because the Lord led me and one of my best friends to put our hands up on the third floor last week and say, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on this campus as it is in heaven. And we start declaring God's plans. When you do that, It opens up what's in heaven and what God wants to bring to the earth. And you begin to be an agent and a conduit of blessing to establish his will in the earth. All right? And and we began to do that. And something that we did that was real strong, the very next day it happened, my friend. It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. It'll blow your mind. you got to come next week and hear about it. it, it, It's mind-boggling. And you know what? Some of, you will, some of you out there will give me 50 reasons why we shouldn't do it and think we shouldn't do it. You know what? I say, I, I'm not going to let man stop what God wants to do. If a, if a whole church council and a, whole, and a pastor and, and 95.9% of a church is saying, let's go, baby, I'm not going to listen to those 4.9. Because God wants to do something through Church on the Rock. And... and, and, and my question to you is, will you be there for relief and deliverance? Or am I going to have to look somewhere else? In the same way God has put you in the somewhere. If you remain silent, God's purpose will be accomplished somewhere else and with someone else. You'll miss the great honor of trusting and serving God. God's divine purpose will be accomplished with or without you. It's your choice. God calls us to be set apart, ready and available to be his holy servant, designed and positioned for God for a very important mission that he's prepared for us. Let's look at that word predestined. Hey, we don't want to touch that one with a 10-foot pole, do we? Amen. There's, I got a brother back here that's been in the ministry for 42 years, an ordained pastor. This predestined, ooh, there's thoughts all over the place on that one. The, the word doesn't carry with it. I'm not going to go too deep because I say let the people that want to argue on one little word go for it. There's too many things, other things I need to be doing. The word doesn't carry with it a secular connotation of fate as if I had no ability to choose. Instead, it implies that our omniscient creator, knowing all things and seeing the future in an infinite detail, foresaw the very moment in time and space and determined to create it for you. He who saw fashioning you and, and making you exactly what you're, where you're, the way you are to fit perfectly into his divine plan. That at the exact time and the moment of history, he could use you to bring it. 
So bottom line on this predestined here, bottom line to me is this. God has a wonderful plan, and you're here by him to help with it. Are you going to do it? Let's simplify it. I'm a simple person. Now, let's look at this next word. He has a plan. And my question for you is what part of the plan are you? And then the last thing, it says that he's given us the precious promise of the Holy Spirit. How many know through the Holy Spirit we can do all things? So, so, so we're chosen, we're predestined, he has a plan, and he's given us the Holy Spirit to make it happen. So what's next? Let's go to this next part. I want to talk about the body of Christ or being part of the team. In Romans 12, 1 through 8, it says this. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. This is your true and proper worship. Some of you says this is a, a true spiritual act of worship. We had a wonderful worship time a while ago, guys. But to me, when you're acting out and you're doing specifically what God's called you to do in the earth, that is a perfect when you offer your body and say, hey, Lord, whatever you need me to do, I'm here and I'm available, and then you do it, that is a spiritual act of worship. Then he says, don't conform to the Lord world, blah, blah, blah. Let's go to verse 3. For by grace given to me, grace is the ability to do something you can't do. Paul said, for by grace given to you, I say unto every one of you, and then he proceeds to tell him, he proceeds to tell everybody something. Here's what all I want you to see on that sentence. Everybody with me? Say amen. Here's all I want you to see on that. The Apostle Paul, he, 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 what he really said is he said, hey, what I'm trying to tell you today, I'm not even going to be able to say it right. I'm not even going to have the boldness to tell you unless God gives me the grace to do it. That's humility. Paul was trained by the best rabbis there were. He, he, he was from the strongest Jewish sect. But he said, what I counted as gained, he said, now I can't count it as done, as lost. Paul was a real prideful, a real successful person. But he took his pride and he laid it down to the point, guys, to the point where he said this, if I'm even, even going to be able to talk to you today, it's going to have to be God helping me do it because I don't talk very good. I, can't, I won't be able to say it right. I won't be able to move upon your heart. And I won't have the courage or the boldness to do it. I really understand that. Every week I stand in this pulpit. It's by the grace of the Lord because here's the fact of the matter. I don't really know what to say. And I don't know how to say it. And I can't touch and move your heart. And I may not feel eloquent with words and big vocabulary and education. So if God's going to do anything, he's going to have to do it. Guys, God is looking for some humble people. Humble don't mean you're not confident. You're very confident. But you're not confident in yourself. You're confident in him. Amen. The Bible, in fact, God says in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, read it. That's a good one. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and in James chapter 4, it very clearly says that God resists the proud. 
God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In 1 Peter chapter 5, it's even talking about people that, are, that aspire to be a minister and to do great things for the Lord. And he says, hey, you young people, you people that want to do great things for the Lord, the first thing I need you to do is humble yourself. Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God. I want, I want, I want everybody to listen to this because I believe God is telling me this. A lot of people here, in this church, you have these big ideas and these big things that, that, that you want to do or you want to accomplish. Or I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm okay with goals and wanting to do things. But I feel like God is telling me, I, I really believe this is a thus saith the Lord, especially for young adults. I really believe that God is calling everybody to come and offer themselves a living sacrifice to God and to quit telling God where you're going to serve in ministry. Listen, listen. To quit telling God where you're going to serve in ministry and what you're going to do and start asking him where he wants you to serve in ministry. Stop. Please, no emotion. Where he wants, where he, stop, start asking the Lord to say, where do you want me and what do you want me to do? That's where it starts. I, I felt the Lord say to me the other day, he said, Brian, you teach people to have character and the heart of God, and I'll take care of the call of God. Are you all with me? I, I think there's too much effort on what are we going to do for the Lord. What can we be for the Lord? What, what, what th- this big ministry and this... Guys, I don't have, if, if you think that I'm a person that has big ministry plans that I want to build this great campus and, well, actually, I, I do. But those aren't my aspirations. That, that's not what motivates me. That's not what drives me. Those things are going to happen. In fact, listen to this. Listen to this. We are going to have the most beautiful campus at Church on the Rock in the region. In the region. Because God wants that. Is that my aspiration? No. I just know it's a bifactor. My aspiration is to humble myself before the mighty hand of God. And if he wants me to clean the restrooms, I'll clean the restrooms. If he wants me to stay late and take down, I'll stay late and take down. If he wants me to go up in that nest up there, nobody wants to go up to the nest because everybody wants to enjoy the service. If he wants me to go up and run the computer and to make the slide, and to turn the lights on and off, then I'll do it. If he wants me to go downstairs and serve, then I'll, wherever. If if he wants me to stand outside when it's zero degree weather because God's put it on the heart of of the pastor that I want Sunday morning to be the greatest day of the week to where when people walk in, there's people with signs saying, we're glad you're here. This is the day the Lord has made. And when you get out of your car, there's a handshake and a hug and a smile saying you're about to have the greatest day of your week. And they get to the door and the door's open. You, you know, those low jobs, nobody wants them. Ken, I keep coming back to you. I guess that's where you're sitting today. Man, that guy mows the grass every week. That's a big commitment. 
That cost us thousands to take care of that. Thank you, Ken. You know another one? You know, Rabbi, I want you to come here. You're going to be torqued at me, but I don't care. Come here. I believe you're supposed to give honor where honor's due. This man lives at the church. We try to pay him, and he won't take it. We, come here. If I can ever be like you, then I've done something with my life. This man's mowing the yard. He's on his hands and knees cleaning the floor. He's the last one to leave if it's a wedding or a funeral, if he doesn't even know him, he's setting up the chairs. He's not asking anybody to do it. He's cleaning stains. He's education. He blows me out of the water. He, this is the most intelligent, educated man you'd ever know. But he chose to serve. To serve. To serve. This guy works so hard that I see him. He, he works like an athlete in vigorous training every second of the day for the Lord. Man, I wish I could be like Rich. Wished I could be like you, Rich. God's been asking me to ask the church. Here's what God's wanting me to ask you. I'm not asking you this. God's asking you this. God's been saying this to me, and it takes boldness to just square your shoulders and say it. But God's been asking me to say this. You know what we need at Church on the Rock? We need some good followers. Followers. I've never seen a people... So unwilling, not church on the rock. I'm talking American culture. I've never seen a bunch of entitled, self-seeking, self-promoting. And guys, if we're not careful, that leaks into the church where the church is supposed to be different. But, but there is such a, well, I've got to say, and where's... You know, the Bible says that we're to respect our, our, our employers and to serve them as if we're serving the Lord himself. And even when they're horses, heinies, you're still supposed to do it. But we're entitled to have a voice and to say our heart and to, to lead a revolution all the time. There are times you need to shut your mouth and get on your knees and serve. I really believe that. I, I, sometimes I, I, I hear the Lord saying, Let's just be a good follower. Let's just be a good follower. I believe what God is calling this church to do is for all of us, including Pastor Brian. Listen to me. I never, I, I'll never ask you to do something I'm not willing to do or feel like I have, haven't already done. I'm, de- I'm not going to ask you to do something if I feel like I'm not doing it or have already done it and just in it. That, that would be hypocritical. To me, if God said, Brian, quit asking me 
tell me what you're doing and want me to bless it. Why don't you start asking me what I want you to do? Well, to me, if God says that to me, I'll say it to you. Quit, quit serving and doing what you want to do and only being available when you want to be available and start asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? If we can ever get a hold of that, then we've learned that first scripture. I urge you, brothers and sisters, as the worship team's coming, in view of the mercies of God, that you will offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord. I ask the ushers, ushers, if you'll get those cards and start at the front. I ask the ushers to, to uh, I, I ask Amanda to make this card up this week. It was, I asked, uh, as they're coming with that, I want, I want to look down. God's been asking me to say to the congregation, will you be a good follower? It seems to me like people only do, want to do what they want to do. Being a part of the body means filling a place that, need, that is needed so the body can function at full capacity. When we live in community, we, we give ourselves to each other and we do whatever the need of in the community. And then as far as following, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen? And then, uh, and then also, it would be so nice to hear from people to just say this, no strings attached. Hey, pastor, where's the church need me? I'm willing to serve anywhere. Anybody out there say amen? I was hushing up the ameners a while ago. I need some ameners now. Anybody out there? Amen. I was hushing up the ameners because I, I just felt like it just needed to be. But grab, grab these cards. And what I want us to do today, I only preached about a couple pages out of this message, but we'll do it again someday or something like that. But um, what I'd like to do is I'd just like you to take that card. <clears throat> and the way I want to end this service is um, God's been putting this on my heart for months. I pulled our staff together last week, and I said there's three areas that God's telling me that we're supposed to do as a church. If everybody could just look at me just for a second, just so I'll know that you're with me. I felt like the Lord said, Brian, there's three areas I want to develop. Now, here's what happens. What if, one, what if one of those three areas that we want to develop isn't an area that you want to do? Do we just, are we just, oh, well. Or are we supposed to lay down what we want to do and follow the leadership of the church and say, Pastor's saying that the Lord wants us to focus on these three areas. I, I would rather do this or I like doing this. But I, I'm going to submit to the, the vision of the church where they, need, where they need it. So anyway, I was praying the other day, and the Lord brought me and made me think about the first time that we played basketball in the Olympics. How many remember the first time we played basketball with professionals in the Olympics? What'd they call it? What'd they call it? Who, who was some names on that team? Michael Jordan, who else is on that team? I mean, everybody know the dream team? I mean, that, that was 
Let's sit down and pull the dream team of what would be the greatest team on earth. Well, I felt like the Lord said, Brian, take these three areas and lay them out exactly what you need. And then I want you, and then we pulled out all the names. We even pulled out Fred, right? Fred and Linda, your name's even on there. And you guys have just been coming like a month. We've got it from people just starting Church on the Rock to people that's been here forever. And, and we said this, if we could make a dream team, what would it look like? We started pulling people and placing them. And here, here's, what I, here's what I kept hearing. Oh, that isn't going to work. I've already asked them and they said no. Oh, that isn't going to work. I already asked them and they said no. Oh, that isn't going to work. I already asked them and they said no. Oh, I already, that isn't going to work. I already asked him, and they said no. Oh, I already asked. And I was like, what? What? Really? Really? But what if we pulled a dream team? What if everybody laid their life down and we became a full functioning body and not just a bunch of arms or what if we became a real body that all the pieces worked, where glasses can come off, leg could be. Everybody wants to be the same thing. What if we truly, as a church, became a full body? Just what could we do for the Lord? I'll tell you what we could do a whole lot. Ezekiel chapter 37 with the valley of the dry bones. You know what? I can't get on that. I got to stop. It all goes together, doesn't it, Robert? You know where we're at as a church? I believe God is wanting to bring a skeleton. I I am going to say it. In Ezekiel 37, there was a graveyard of bones. And God came and said, Son of man, can these bones live? To... Ezekiel. And Ezekiel had a great answer. He said, only you know, God. If you say they can live, then they can live. So that's a great answer. So when God comes to me and says, Brian, there's a great and exceedingly great army at Church on the Rock. See, that's why he showed me. To me, this church is like a, is like a graveyard of a bunch of bones in a, in a pile to where the first prophecy, the first prophecy, what happened is all the bones came into formation. To me, they were scattered everywhere. Uh, imagine the Holocaust when they just took bulldozers and pushed bodies in holes and covered the ground. I mean, bodies everywhere. Bones scattered everywhere. To me, that's the way churches are. But the first prophecy that I've been doing as a pastor is I stand on this pulpit. I stand right here on this stage every day of the week because God has told me that there is an exceedingly great army right here. A great army, a great body. And the first thing I did is I'm prophesying to the bones to take your form, to take your place in the body. And when each place each bone takes their place of the body, then it's a perfect skeleton that skin comes on. And then the next prophecy is breath comes in that body. There's actually three wins. But for today, 
as you're holding those cards, what I'd like everybody to do is answer that card if you want to. And one of them says, let me see one of those cards. One of them says, thank you, Tim. One of them says, uh, please put your name, your cell phone. And the reason we need carrier is that makes it where we can text you. We can't text you without, unless you circle your carrier, okay? Texting is the easiest way to communicate, okay? One is use me for anything, and two is I'm willing to learn or be taught. And here's some of the harder ones to fill. Um, I, I don't think it's right that those guys have to give up all the time. I think we all ought to take apart. How many know we all got some chores? Amen? Amen? Everybody with me today? Let's stand to our feet and let's give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray today in this gathering, Lord, that salvation has come. Lord, if there's people in this room that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, today salvation has come. Lord, your kingdom is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness. Lord, I pray that people that are having trouble with righteousness, that they're falling into sin and different things. Lord, I pray for a freedom today in Jesus' name. Lord, your kingdom is peace. Your kingdom is righteousness. Lord, people that don't have peace, I pray that they have peace. Lord, your kingdom is joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that people sense a joy come all over them right now. If they're sitting there depressed and sad and lonely, I pray the joy of the Holy Spirit. Lord, if people are sick in this room today, your kingdom is healing. If people are, are in bondage today, your kingdom is, he- is freedom. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven we declare salvation in this room we declare healing in this room lord we declare freedom in this room lord we pray that marriages that are on the rocks we pray they'll be put back together in jesus name lord we pray that children that are being tempted and teens that are being tempted lord we pray that you would lead them not into temptation but deliver them from evil this week Lord, we pray your kingdom come. Lord, we pray your kingdom come on this church. We pray your kingdom come on this mission. We pray your kingdom come on this ministry. We pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven over each individual. Lord, today we offer ourselves a living sacrifice unto you holy and acceptable and pleasing unto you. Lord, I release your power and your power and your praise and your glory be released in this room. I pray that people will leave picked up and rejoicing that they've been in the house of the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap today. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to have a prayer team up here Prayer team, if you don't care, I'm going to have you on the sides today. Prayer team, if you'll come up on the sides, if you receive Christ today in that prayer, or you need healing today, or you receive deliverance today, I want you to come and tell one of those prayer people. I want you to let them pray with you about anything and everything. Prayer team, please come. And then I want everybody, as you leave, to bring your card and say, Lord, I present my body a living sacrifice And I'll see you next week because God has got an amazing plan. Give the Lord a hand clap today. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.
For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.